turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, 38 to 41. Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 through 41. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. They came to Jesus asking for a sign. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to you except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Verse 40. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be there three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh was, will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. So in front of Jesus, Pharisees and scribes came and they asked a question to Jesus. Teacher, show us a sign. Show us a sign. And Jesus answered to them saying, in fact, he was a bit angry and he said, I don't have a sign than the sign of the prophet Jonah. For he was there under the, in the belly of fish for three days and three nights. In the same way, son of man will be in the, under the earth for three days and three nights. Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. That was the sign. In fact, I don't know what the expectations of the Pharisees and the scribes, but this is what Jesus said, saying the sign of the prophet Jonah. So this morning, I would like to title my sermon as the sign of the prophet Jonah. Can you say that with me? The sign of the prophet Jonah. Jesus was telling the Pharisees and scribes that Jonah was called for a purpose and he disobeyed God and eventually somehow he made it. What is the sign of the prophet Jonah? If you can put the next slide, please. The sign of the prophet Jonah, there are three things we see as a sign of the prophet Jonah. Number one, he was called. Can you say that with me? He was called. Called number two, he disobeyed. He disobeyed. Number three, eventually he got victory. Is that getting in your mind this morning? Number one, he was called. I'm going to just ask you after this. Number one, number one, number one, number two, again, number one. Number two? Number three? Good. Now who's willing to say that? Good. Good. Thank you. So right. So th this is what is a sign of the prophet Jonah. So Jonah was called and Jonah disobeyed. And we see Jonah eventually somehow he made it. You know, I, I don't know about you. I'm able to relate myself with Jonah in this matter. Do you, do you agree with me? 
we are all called because otherwise we are not here this morning. We all disobey at times, but then somehow we make it. Are you with me? Right? So you didn't feel like coming to church this morning, but you know what? Somehow you made it. Can I hear an amen? All of you? Somehow you made it in the same situation with Jonah. Somehow he went to the places where he never expected to go. But eventually he made it. So we are called at times, many times, but we disobeyed many times. But there is a hope that Jonah gives that we can make it. We too can make it. Sign of the prophet Jonah. He was called by God. Jonah was called for what? To go to Nineveh and to preach the people of God, people who are living in Nineveh that they may turn from their wicked ways. That was the call of God over the life of Jonah. But he did not obey the call of God, but instead, he, instead of going to Nineveh, he went to Tarshish. And eventually he ended up, because of his disobedience, he ended up in being in the belly of the fish. And from there he cried out to God. Now there are still some theologians, they say that as Jesus was died, Jesus died and he was buried, Jonah probably inside the belly of fish, he would have died. And then he resurrected. Some other theologians say that no, 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 it's not possible because he was alive there inside the belly of the fish. Can somebody be alive inside the belly of the fish? Yes? Thank you. Right? So, uh, yes, somebody can be alive in the belly of the fish. Jonah was alive, right? Yeah, that's what you're about to say? Yeah, okay, good. Right? So, so Jonah was alive in the belly of the fish for three days, but Jesus, was, Jesus died. And there's still an argument going on, but then it doesn't really matter. Jonah, Bible says in Jonah chapter 3, I guess, from the belly of the fish, he cried out to God. It was not an easy escape for him. He would have got easily digested inside the digestive system of the, of the fish, but God protected him. He prayed and he, 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 he repented actually. Instead of before the people of Nineveh repented, Jonah repented inside the belly of fish. You know, that's what some, sometimes we do. We all do all this, everything, and then we go and kneel down and say, sorry, God, this is the last time I do. I won't repeat that anymore. And how many such last times we had in life? Many last times. Somehow he made it. Now, we are talking about the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was also sent for a purpose. But Jonah did not obey God, but Jesus perfectly, absolutely, he obeyed God. He showed absolute obedience. And he also victoriously rose from the dead. Today, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ is the sign for you and a sign for me. On that day when the Pharisees and scribes standing before Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus was pointing out Jonah and Jesus was saying, Jonah is the sign for you. I don't have any other sign than Jonah. He was buried inside the belly of the fish for three days and came again. But now today, as a New Testament believer, you and I are able to stand and point to the empty tomb and say that the resurrection of our Lord Jesus is my sign. Can I hear an amen this morning? Resurrection gives us hope. 
That's the reason Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 14, I'll read that for you. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and our faith is also empty. Because Jesus rose from the dead, you have meaning in what we do. We have meaning in what we do. Our lives, life gives us meaning to continue to live, not to end our life. And our life also gives us hope because Jesus has risen. Today, what is our sign? Can you put the next slide? Jesus' birth was his call. The birth of Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was called to existence in the, in the earth, on the earth, as a human being. That was the call of God upon Jesus. The birth of Jesus was his call. And his crucifixion was his obedience. That's where he obeyed. The Bible says he obeyed. He humbled himself. He obeyed to the Father in heaven. Even to the point of death, he humbled himself and he totally obeyed. His obedience is seen by giving himself to be crucified at the cross. But his victory is seen when he rose from the dead. So his call was his birth and his obedience is shown when he was crucified at the cross. And eventually he got victory when he rose from the dead. So today as we remember and celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ... What does the sign of the prophet Jonah really mean to us? Can you say again, sign of the prophet Jonah? I believe it means a couple of things. It was a sign that day for the Pharisee, Pharisees suddenly. But today we are, in, we are seeing that in a shadow of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. With the Jonah being in the belly of the fishes, no more a sign for us, but because Jesus went into the bottom of the earth and he rose, he came out of that and he rose from the dead. Let's talk a little more about these three aspects of the sign of the prophet of Jonah. He was called, Jonah was called, Jesus was called, Jonah disobeyed, Jesus obeyed and both of them gained some victory. Number one, his call, can you say his call? Jonah was called to go to Nineveh but Bible says he was reluctant. He was not willing to go to the city of Nineveh. Instead, he went to Tarshish. And in the same way Jonah was called, even Jesus was called to come and to be born as a human on the face of this earth. He came down. When Jesus was asked a sign by the Pharisees, Jesus said, Jonah was called and he was sent and the same way I am called, I'm here on a mission on this earth. And he said, I, the one who is standing in front of you, is greater than Jonah. People who were asking him the question, they did not realize. And Jesus had to say, I'm the one, the one who is standing in front of you is certainly greater than Jonah. We see a parallel between Jonah and Jesus in this aspect. Jesus was telling the reason he was referring to Jonah, Jonah was one of the patriarchs they, they adore, they worship, and they, you know, they consider Jew, Jews, Jews, they consider them as so precious for them. They honor. But Jesus is telling them, the one who is standing in front of you is much greater than, mightier than 
Jonah. Shall we go to the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. As I said, the call of God over the life of Jonah was to go to the city of Nineveh. This morning, my question is, what is the call of God in your life? I want every one of you to think about this this morning. What is the call of God in your life? Paul is asking us to live according to our calling. Everyone is called. Everyone who is sitting here is called. Everyone who is listening is called. And Paul is asking us to live according to the calling. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17. Can you read together? But as God has read together, uh, but as God has distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. And so I ordain in all the churches. So Paul is saying, walk according to your call. Do not try to walk according to someone else's call. Walk according to your call. Each one must walk according to his or her own call. Remember, all of us are called. Listen to me. There are two calls, two kinds of calls in our lives. Number one, eh? The call that matters to the people around us. Number two, the call that matters to God. Are you with me this morning? What is the number one call? The call? Good. Number two? The call that matters to God. You are called to be a father. You are called to be a mother. You are called to be a child. You are called to be a teacher. You are called to be a student. You are called to be an employer, employee. And so many things we can go on and on. You have a call in your life to do what you are doing on the face of this earth. At the same time, you have a call that matters to heaven. You have a call that matters to heaven. The call that you have on the face of this earth that is decided by most of the time it's by your parents and your surroundings, your relatives, the, 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 the country where you are in, the laws and legal aspects of that nation. There are various factors and you take a major role to decide what you want to be, what is your call. And as we believe, as we believe in the Lord, sometimes we pray about it and we move forward in each step. That's the call of God in our lives. The call that matters to you, the call that matters to all around us. But the second call is the call that matters to heaven. This morning, my question is, what is the call that matters to heaven concerning you? Have you ever asked? It may be to make it simple, your call may be to preach, your call may be to teach, your call may be to, you know, help, your call may be to, uh, you know, do Sunday school, your call may be to sing, your call may be to worship, and your call may be to, to just to be a greeter, an usher, a volunteer, administrator, administrator, you know, anything that you do try to do for God. And at times your call may be to just give. There are people, they don't do anything other than giving, that's the only thing they can do only thing they can do. There are people they can't do, they can't come and take, grab the microphone and do something, but all that they do is just encourage. They'll just sit at the back row, like Daniel is sitting at the back right now. And you all just turn and just have a look at the Daniel. Look at Daniel now. Oh, he's hiding. 
He's hiding. He always sits at the back bench. I don't know for why. I don't know why. He, that's what he does. I, <laughs> so what kind of call? What is the call that God has placed in our lives? What that matters to heaven? What that matters to God? What do we do in our lives? You know, today, many of us stumble at times. You know what is stumbling? Many of us stumble at times. We lose balance. You know, one day we are in the ecstasy. And another day we are in misery. Not misery, misery. One day we are somewhere up there, floating in the air. Come on, pastor, praise the Lord. Everything is going on well in my life. God is blessing me. And the next day, I don't feel like coming to church. Things are not going in my life well. Today we stumble. We lose balance. Our mood depends on our circumstances at times. There is no consistency in our spiritual life. We are talking about the importance of the call that matters to heaven. And if we do not know the call of God in our lives, we stumble. We stumble. We go to doctor and doctor says, it is just nothing else. It's just mood swing. What is that? It's just mood swing. It is extremely low mood for a few weeks and few days we are all doing good. Do you know there are many people living in the city today, living in the country today, in our families today, they go through it, especially teens and youth, they go through it a lot. Signs of feeling up and down. At times we are unable to explain why. Most of the time if you talk to them, they don't have a reason for that. They don't have a reason for it. It's not only children, it's not only youth, even adults, we go through it at times. There is no reason why that comes in our lives. We are talking about without knowing the call of God that matters to heaven, we stumble, we stumble. But the fact of the matter is, as I said, we stumble because we do not know our call concerning that matters to heaven. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Can you read with me? Therefore, can you just read together? Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. You will never stumble. The mood swing that you have today, the ups and downs you experience in your life today, many days you are not feeling good at all. Many days you don't feel like doing anything, but at times you feel good and then you go around, you appear to be good, but the very next day you go down. It's just simply because... What does he say? Can you read again? Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Jonah was not sure about his call. Today, it is possible that God's call is not heard. Today, it's possible that God's call is misheard. At times, it is also possible that God's call, call is heard, but it is heard much later than when you are supposed to receive the call of God. God call, God's call, or at times maybe never heard. We don't give time to hear from God. We don't hear, give time to God, asking God, God, what do you want me to do? 
What do you want me to do that's something that concerns heaven, that matters to heaven? You're talking about the number one sign, the call of God in our lives. Your call is not held up with God. It's already released. It is already given. But it is abstracted. It is blocked by us. We don't want to listen to the call of God. We don't want to do anything to do with respect to the call of God in our lives. And you say that, Pastor, you know what? That area is something different. It's just given only for special people. Who are those special people? There is nobody like special people. You know, God called those who are not equipped. God called those who are foolish. God calls those who are weak. And he equips them as we listen to the call of God. This morning, as Peter says, we need to be diligent. We need to be sincere to know the call of God. Children, we need to know the call of God in your life. What exactly God wants me to do. And the moment somebody asks, you should be able to say, this is what God wants me to do. It's not only full-time ministers. It's not only people who are standing here and holding microphone. It is much, uh, most of the time, what you do sitting at the back, what you do from there is what is the most important thing. Because you influence many lives than standing here and talking in the microphone. Because you are in touch with many lives, your your influence is much more powerful than what is happening here on a Sunday morning. But we need to be diligent to listen to the call of God. Secondly, what St. Jesus was telling to the Pharisees concerning Jonah. Secondly, sign two is his disobedience. Can you say his disobedience? Jonah disobeyed the call of God. Can you come with me to Jonah chapter 1 verse 3? But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He moved away from God. He chose to go to Tarshish instead of going to Nineveh. He misheard and misunderstood and he disobeyed the call of God. But you know what? God wanted to give him a second chance. Can you say second chance? I know you all know second cup. Do you know second cup? What is that? Coffee house. Good. So God gives second chance to all of us. Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, if you can read with me. Matthew 12, 40. For as, can you read with me, all, all of you? For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be there, be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. God protected Jonah. God gave him a second chance. God gave him another chance. Our God is a God of chicken. Second chance. And from there, Jonah is praying to God. We read that in Jonah chapter 2. Can you read together? Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from where? From the fish belly. What a prayer closet. Beautiful prayer closet around him. And from there, he's praying. What is he praying? Verse 2. And he said, what did he say? I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction and he answered me out of the belly of Sheol I cried and you heard my voice and he the prayer goes on and on he is confessing all his sins and he is coming in grips with God and God decided to give him a second chance on the other hand Jesus when Father God mentioned about the death that he is going to have the cruel death that he is going to have at the cross 
Jesus obeyed to the call of God. You know, what a contrast we see here between the obedience of Jonah and the obedience of Jesus Christ. We don't want to keep Jonah as a sign anymore. Jesus is our sign. Jesus is our model. Some of us disobeyed the call of God many times in our lives. There were life-turning moments in your lives. Look at me right now. I'm just talking to you. There, there were life-turning moments in your lives, but you said no. You just simply no said no. You said no, I'm not going to involve. I'm not going to do anything for God. I don't have anything to do with God. But this morning, God is reminding you, God is calling you. Do we want to keep Jonah as our sign or Jesus as our sign? Jonah is a sign for disobedience, but Jesus is a sign for obedience. When I accepted Christ at the age of 18, the call of God was very evident. But instead of going to the Bible college, my pastor spoke to me. But instead of going to the Bible college, I chose, chose to go to the secular education. I came to a city known as Bangalore for a job and started, God started using me in the ministry. And I could see that as I was attached with the church, helping the pastor to, to, to help to, to in the ministry, to build the ministry. God was using me there. I saw the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating in me, through me, and the demons and the healing and everything was going on. Everything is happening I realized that maybe God is asking me to do something now. But I said, put that at the backside, back seat. Even the Southern Asia Assemblies of God Bible College is just a few kilometers away. And I know the dean there, he used to come to the church, he used to talk to me. But I said, this morning we are talking about not hearing, mishearing, late hearing the call of God. And I was doing everything, helping the pastor, churches, and going out to the outreach ministry, involving heavily into that, and feeding the poor, so many things, you know, I was involved. But hiding behind all those things, you know what I'm talking about, hiding behind all those things without doing what God wanted me to do. You know, many times we are like that, we are satisfied with what we do today, but God wants more from you. God expects more from you. It's not enough what you do for God. It's not enough. Your commitment is not enough. You are hiding behind those things and saying excuses. As I used to say, I came to the United States in 2005. Started realizing that it is late already. But even having done anything effectively for God. Moved to Canada in 2010. Not to serve full time, but to work full time. Not really to have a church here but to work time, full time for a living. I was trying to hide behind, but in 2013, finally obeyed the call of God. After 27 years later, when God reminded me about his call, it's too late. Thank God he's a God of second chance. And how many, I used to think about it, how many first best I would have missed in my life. I am not given that first best now. Because it is too late. I'm not telling that you need to just jump into full-time ministry. I'm not talking about that. You need to do what God wants you to do. But don't delay that. Don't delay that. But God is merciful. He gave second chance to Jonah. The reason why Jesus is the perfect model to, model to follow is just simply because his obedience. His obedience. His obedience. We don't find anybody like that on the face of this earth. The difference between Jesus and Jonah was obedience of Jesus and the disobedience of Jonah. If we obey, we will get the first best in our lives. 
Number three, this third sign that we talk about and then we are going to get into the time of prayer is victory. Can you say victory? Jesus rose from the dead victoriously. But God gave a second chance to Jonah. As I said, Jonah went and preached again. Jonah 3, 5. Can you read with me together? Jonah chapter 3, verse 5. So the people of Nineveh, when he went there, second time, people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. And then what happened in Jonah 3.10? Then God saw their works that they turned from their evil ways. And God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. Jonah succeeded finally. The mission accomplished. The purpose of God is accomplished. The same way the Roman government thought, once we kill the leader, the Jesus movement will come to a sudden halt. And they seal the tomb, thinking that nobody will take Jesus out of the tomb. Can you come with me to Matthew chapter 27, verses 65 and 66? Can you read together? Pilate said to them, you have a God, go your way, make it as secure as you know how. Verse 6, so they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the God. Everything is set there. But Jesus took victory over death. Amen. Jesus took victory over that Matthew 25. As the writer of Matthew writes, he says, Matthew 25 verses 1 and 2, he says, Now after the Sabbath, verse 1, Matthew 28, Now after the Sabbath, as the final day of the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb, verse 2. And behold, there was a great earthquake. What was there? There was a great earthquake and an angel because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and what he did, rolled back the stone from the door of the tomb and sat on it. The sign for us today is the victory that Jesus gained from death over death. If Jesus could rise from the dead victoriously, today you and I have hope that we can be victorious. Can you say that I'm victorious? That's not enough. It doesn't look like a victorious people. Can you say, I'm victorious? Still louder, I'm victorious. victorious. Are you sure? Jesus raised from the dead victoriously. There was already a protocol in the place, in place when Queen of England passed away, passes away. One of the interesting things that I read is about BBC suspending all the comedy shows for 12 days after the death of the Queen because they don't want anybody to laugh in England after Queen dies. In fact, if you love, if you love a leader, you will mourn their death. And if you really hate a leader, you will celebrate their death. You will laugh about the death. However, with the death of Jesus, it was backwards. It was in the other way. Because those who love King Jesus, they do not observe his death with mourning. But instead, they will celebrate his death because he has risen. Amen? Did you get that? He has risen. So there is no reason to mourn about it. We know it means victory. We mourn Jesus' death is victory. 
You know, today in this life, what you are going through, you don't need to mourn about it because, you know, God will eventually make everything victorious that we see in the life of Jonah. We see that in the life of Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus wants to make your life victorious. You know, great victories in the history are won after real fight. Victory is not just given to you. Two armies are coming together to fight. And before the fight even takes place, the general will not come and say that, okay, you have won, you can take everything. No, 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 they are not going to say that. Victory is gained after real fight. Winning in the war is not easy. You know, this morning, what you are going through in this life is a real fight. And what comes after that fight? Can I hear from you? What comes after the fight? Victory. What comes after the fight is victory. It takes even bloodsheds. It takes even losing lives before we gain the victory. When the opponent leader is killed, people think that the victory is marked forever. But that's not true. That's not true. That is not true at all in the life of Jesus. He was killed, but he still he is victorious because he rose from the dead. As Jesus rose from the dead, Bible says that gives us hope. He went ahead and he bought the he he fought the battle for you, and he bought the victory for you, and that gives us hope. The troubles and trials that we are going through on the face of this earth. Today, at times, you feel that you are defeated. But Jesus will give you victory in those areas because he is the God of second chance. Finally, I would like to close with this verse from Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4, reading from NIV. Can you read with me? For the Lord, your God, is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. If you really trust in the Lord... If you really depend on God, if you really wait on the Lord, God will fight for you. He will fight the battle for you. Today, what battle that you are waging, what battle that you are fighting, the resurrection of the Lord is the sign of the victory. Shall we all arise this morning? Mm -hmm.